0: Yeah, like just because you've never had good sex in your entire life does not mean you should make that every single other human being's problem. Hi, I'm Kat
1: and I'm Gabe and we're I'm the ghouls next, next door talking about spooky stuff as we do yes we are the media literacy podcast from a horror lens where we explore the real life historical and happening right outside reasonings behind our cinematic fears and we are in the midst of our f the patriarchy series where we're exploring ways that the patriarchy truly sucks and is not fun for anyone
0: yeah because boy then, isn't that true yeah and um, it's
1: like it's also like i think with this series it's very specifically the many different ways that it affects us and our happiness mm-hmm. us as people
0: yeah as human having people people being alive in the world yeah. as we're yeah. doing currently look at us go
1: Look at us, too. Um, I will say this film and the one for next week, I actually really enjoyed. And they're both very recent horror films. And um, that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Because we have been disappointed in this series specifically. And so we are due a film we liked.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, it's a positive influence in that it feels like. There are going to be if this is what twenty twenty two holds in terms of media that like we found some two very good ones um, that like were one very fun but also had good messaging weren't ov- overtly depressing <laughs> um, yeah. stressful sure yeah um, but like yeah you understood whether it was during or retroactively, what was like trying to be done. And uh, and I think they, the both films achieved their goals. Mm-hmm. And
1: I think both of them are very unique horror films too. Mm-hmm. Even with the one that we're covering today, X, it definitely has a lot of homages to classic slashers of the time. And it's definitely in like respect of and just like admiration for the, the, genre um mm-hmm. but still stands out as its own piece and i think that's really exciting um and it does a it does think this specific film does some fun with the fact that like you know people scoff at this idea of elevated horror but like this is doing that without like doing it in a way that people are going to be upset about like it still is a slasher it's still very gory it's still very fun it's very much a horror movie and mm-hmm. people can enjoy it just for that And then people can also look into it and be like, well, actually, like, this is really interesting that it is so uh, different in its message from those very classic horror uh, films that it is paying homages to.
0: Yeah, it was like very um, on the nose, but without blatantly saying what it was trying to say. Yeah. There wasn't some like quippy, quirky line that took place or like part where you're like, oh, yeah, we get it. <laughs> and, like yeah. the entire time you're like, you get it. But like it's just it's in the actions, not in the words, I would mm-hmm. say, yeah, um, which was like a fun way to do it. And it did it really well.
1: Yeah, very fun and just like an enjoyable time. I was, like, in it already. Like, I was just having a good time. I think every one of these characters is really fun. Um, I loved a lot of the conversations. I think it's absurd just what's happening. And I just, I was, like, I dig it. I dig it so much. And it's been a long time, I feel like, since I've, like, truly enjoyed, like, a, a horror movie that just feels very horror and mm-hmm. not so much education and still love it in this way.
0: Yeah. So I don't think I loved it as hard as you did. But I did very enjoy it. That's just because I don't like gore.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But it's okay. Um, I love gore. I thought it was really fun. Um, And I watched it with uh, one of my very good friends who also doesn't like gore and is very sensitive to horror films. I always force him to watch it and um, (laughs) uh, sometimes resulting in me having to walk him home at night because he was so afraid. So he watched it along with me. And uh there were times where like it gets super gory and I just like held my hand in front of him like, don't look, don't look, don't look. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're not allowed to look right now. And he was Mm -hmm. like, thank you. Um and I think that also added to it too, because I was I had it's been a rare time to experience horror alongside other people. Mm -hmm. Um just because we're in the middle of this panini press. So uh that added to my experience in loving it was just like getting that communal experience which we also did with uh titan which we're going to talk about next week Mm -hmm. um but yeah why don't i hop in do it cool 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 all right nice so we're talking about x which is from 2022 very new um very exciting uh I saw a lot of the stills and things for it and I was excited just because Jenny Ortega was in it and it's like, this is her year <laughs> when it mm-hmm. comes to horror. Uh, even in films I don't enjoy in horror, she's in there and I'm like, it's worth my time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was really exciting. There's also like Brittany snow is in it and I'll watch anything that she's in. Um, which is really awesome as well. But uh X from 2022. Here's what it is about. In 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas. But when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. And it's directed by Ty West, um, who's done quite a lot of films, and I have not seen any of them. And I feel really bad because <laughs> like they're really well known in the horror world and people really enjoy them. And I, f- I'm sorry, <laughs> considering we watch like a horror film every week for the past, I don't know, five years. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't seen them all. It's hard for us to, to make time for things just for enjoying. So I'm glad we got to watch something that they made. Um, and I do plan to watch the other ones because I know people are really, really like them. hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest things I enjoy is this quote that that is uh, told throughout the uh, film. It keeps coming back up with um, Maxine Minx, one of the protagonists, uh, where she says, I will not accept a life I do not deserve. Um, and I really enjoy that because there's uh, a turning of that, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it, it was um, taking back this terminology because it had a very specific uh, uh, need when it was, when it was first uttered. And that's like with um, this like religious televangelist. And then she takes it back to, mm-hmm. to be an empowering phrase, which I thought was really exciting. And it's so much of like what this entire film is. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, it, what happens in this film is that we start at the end, which is really exciting um we get this like far away shot of a decrepit uh farmhouse that's coated in blood and there's a swarm of troopers that uh drive up and it's clear that something terrible has happened here and there's no word of a survivor so we we just know that it's terrible That's yeah, <laughs> happens It's cool, right? Um, What had happened was a team of young filmmakers seek out a secluded Texas farm to film their X-rated film, The Farmer's Daughters. And um, the producer, Wayne, who's played by Martin Henderson, has left his wife for upcoming star with The X Factor, Maxine Minx, played by Mia Goth uh there's adult film star bobby lynn which is uh britney snow and honestly she stole the show <laughs> she was my favorite character in this i was like i want to spend all the time with bobby lynn mm-hmm. um and she's looking for a good time alongside her sometimes boyfriend jackson who's played by kid cuddy and i didn't know that until i was doing research for this because it didn't struck like I, it didn't occur to me that that person wasn't like an actor actor that's how like well he did (laughs) so when i I read that i was like wait no and i had to look it up uh so good job kid cuddy um more like adult cuddy (laughs) (laughs) Cuddy. Uh, and then behind the camera driving the artistic direction of this art house porn flick is rj played by owen campbell and his girlfriend lorraine played by jenny ortega is working the boom uh-huh. So that's our crew of um, young people trying to make this porn warm, warm film, and they're going to make one that is different from all the other ones that exist, but also will profit off of it. Um, They stop at this like gas station for snacks. um, And while they're there, there's this uh, televangelist preaching uh, on a little TV uh, in this uh, truly Southern sermon about the sinful new generation of humans corrupting all our good folk. Um, And on their way to the rental house, they even encounter the tragic end of a cow. uh, And Wayne says, just when you've escaped the slaughterhouse. Uh, And uh, then Maxine also chimes in that she hates gore Mm-hmm. which is a very slasher film <laughs> it's yeah. very much like alluding to what is going to happen to them it's I like oh also- you hate that <laughs> <laughs> haha it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah um ooh, you're- i i i got a chuckle out of that when she was like oh i hate and i was like well i saw <laughs> what that house looked like <laughs> so i know what's gonna happen um when the crew arrive at their destination they uh hide away in the van because wayne has like essentially reserved this and there's there hasn't been conversation about we're going to film a film and that this film is going to be X-rated. Like that never happened. It's just like, we want to rent your space. Um, And so Wayne approaches the house and this man appears who's very old and unwell, and he is armed and threatening to Wayne, uh, forgetting he had rented the property. Like clearly there's some memory issues um and then it was also like I think Kat you mentioned it too was just like imagine if it had been Jackson (laughs) who was out there like we don't want this man to see Jackson um I was very relieved that even taking place in 1979 that doesn't really happen they didn't do that just for clout right Mm -hmm. like they didn't harm him um, in that way and I think that was very interesting um but it didn't take away like it wasn't in a rude way where we were ignoring who he was (laughs) we were just not also profiting off of his pain um so they quickly settle in after that harrowing introduction and start recording the farmer's daughters and half of this film is like a lingering voyeuristic journey around the farm right we have maxine wandering around between her scenes uh pretty much naked (laughs) and very curious and she finds herself in the old couple's home and uh these scenes uh are paralleled with the porn that's taking place um and uh it's kind of just like almost scene for scene like you get this like glimpse back and forth um between them Mm -hmm. and then um uh Maxine uh encounters Pearl, who is the elderly hostess of the farm, and they are both played by Mia Goth, and they mirror each other. There's even scenes in which they are staring into a mirror, and there's, like, um, a piece of the the staircase, like the um, uh-huh. post is, like, between them <laughs> in the shot. Uh-huh. Like, there's a lot of really amazing imagery in this film. And that one, I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, I actually had this, like, whole idea. When I saw that, and I it clicked that this was the same actress, because I noticed it immediately I was mm-hmm. like, it's her i was like what if this is like kind of like a get out situation where you know if um this elderly woman and, and her husband like they could take the bodies of these young people or what if it's this weird like time situation where she is her old like i was like there's a lot of supernatural things going on in my head that do not occur um but that's where my brain went because i was like oh this actress but it was more symbolic than that it's more of like um the tie that um, Pearl has to her youth and how she sees herself reflected in Maxine who has this X factor that she once had um, and all of that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of explanation. So again, it's a really great um, specific uh, imagery and like choosing Mia Goths to play both characters was really amazing. Um, There's also just, like, one note, because I really, really appreciated this in the film, um, and I can't explain exactly why they did it other than it's really cool, is that sometimes when there was a transition, there was, like, a flicker of the transition. So it would show you'd be in the middle of a scene, like, you know, they're sitting at the table, but then it would cut to the lake, and she's, like, swimming in the middle of the lake, then it come back to the kitchen table, and then back to the lake, and it would get, like, a little faster, so it would be, like, a little bit of a flicker, and then you're in the lake, like... Mm -hmm the scene is there. So it was this weird kind of like slow transition. I don't, I can't say what exactly the reasonings behind it were. Um, but I thought it was, I got really excited because at first yeah, I was like, is my neat. TV broken? Um, and then I was like, no, that was intentional and that's so cool. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think, um, this parallel between them is really interesting because pearl this elderly woman had once been a dancer um Mm -hmm. and she was something special herself had that x factor and she sees that and so um pearl throughout this is very unsettling and she's like constantly watching maxine with these like hungry eyes uh and grows green with jealousy she's like lurking in the like around she sees them doing the film and Mm -hmm. she's not mad because they're doing a sex film she's mad because they're enjoying doing a sex, <laughs> it's like very funny that this is what she's mad about. Anyway, um, very well done. Also just side note, there will be a um, a prequel film already shot uh, by Ty West featuring Pearl and it's about her life and experiences. So that'll be mm-hmm. interesting. Um, spoiler alert. Halfway through the film, the crew toasts to a job well done. Uh, They cheer to their youth and the life ahead of them, not knowing that this is their last day alive. Um, They're quickly picked off one by one by the elderly couple. Uh, Pearl is uh, violently envious of their youth, and she's incredibly pent up. Uh, Her husband will not have sex with her because he's afraid he'll die. His heart won't take it, and so she makes it everybody else's problem Mm -hmm. uh and then this uh, film quickly becomes a true slasher with gore galore um where (laughs) the the first death of rj she's just like she's going and there's a moment where i was like oh we're still doing this and that really set the tone for like what the gore was going to be and i actually think like that was the most gory and traumatizing scene and the rest of it kind of gets less that Yeah, Like, it slows down, which is so weird um, for a film. But there are shower scenes, sex scenes, and a final girl. Um, But it is unlike most slashers, even with its images to the genre throughout. And I've never seen a film like X, and I wasn't expecting any of what happened. Mm -hmm. Like, I had, like, an inkling that, The old people were in and were doing it. Um, But I didn't feel like I knew what was happening when until it happened. And I was like, oh no, like I knew someone was going to die by a gator. I didn't know who, and that they would do the very accurate uh, death roll which was mm. amazing because I was like, oh, my God, that's so real. Um, <laughs> I will say this, though, the, the entire film, I was just like, I would not. I was like, this is not me. I refuse to go out by way of old jealous people, like, I'm not doing it. And I was like, I really <laughs> simultaneously uh, relate to to Pearl. <laughs> it was like, in my hubby was like, I can't screw you anymore, I would definitely make it everybody else's problem. <laughs> i would be so upset about it i was like no this is not it we're gonna figure this out we're gonna have something that happens sex Um, toys exist (laughs) they do there's other (laughs) things
0: to do like they
1: clearly just like didn't even acknowledge that there's other things i guess like back
0: then maybe they didn't as much yeah
1: Yeah, absolutely (laughs) So, there are some homages to other slashers, like I said. So, clearly, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is referenced um, throughout and obviously influenced the film. Like in Texas Chainsaw, the hot youths are road tripping in a blue van through Texas. And in uh, Texas Chainsaw, they drive past a slaughterhouse. But in X, uh, this is where they encounter the cow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's this theme of economic despair that hangs over both our protagonists and our villains, um, which we also see in X um, mm-hmm. because there's these financial strains that led to the elderly couple allowing, like, needing to rent out their land, and it's also the same strain that drives this f- crew to film this specific film. In mm-hmm. um, Creepy Catalog titled uh, X, 2022 Major Themes and Easter Eggs, they explain that the horror movie Psycho um, from 1960 is explicitly mentioned in a discussion about adding Lorraine to the cast of the porn film. RJ claims that they can't just change the plot to add another character, while Lorraine reminds him that in one of his favorite films, Psycho, This is exactly what happens when Janet Lee's character is suddenly and shockingly at the time killed off halfway through. This conversation happens about halfway through X and indeed the movie is about to undergo a major change from being about the production of a porn film to a straight slasher uh, plot. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing that this film is about besides the porn industry (laughs) is also just youth and aging. Um, my subtitle for this section is time is fleeting wood Mac uh, (laughs) because they sing a Fleetwood Mac song. Uh, but, uh, What I found as the biggest takeaway for this film is the characters. So for a slasher film to have strong, independent, and good characters that are also sex-positive and empowering is really impressive. It reminded me of Cabin in the Woods, where horror tropes were subverted, showing us how characters can be multifaceted. X goes a step further in turning a specific horror trope on its head, painting these sex-positive protagonists as good humans. Uh, Though they are filming a pornographic film, they treat it as art. And none of the sex scenes for Farmer's Daughter are abusive or problematic. Instead, they are professional and even playful at times, Uh, featuring a scene where uh, Brittany Snow is laughing (laughs) in the middle of intercourse because of comments that were made. Um, And then the camera sees her laughing and she quickly goes back into character uh, in the middle of coitus. So, uh, very fun. (laughs) And um, the portrayal of sex in this film is refreshing. And for an industry with a sordid history of abusing femme folk, Farmer's Daughters is driven by the actresses. It is always with their lead and in consideration of their desires that the scenes take place. And the Mm -hmm. film itself is even soft. Um, uh, In fact, when I uh, recommended this film to a friend and explained that they are shooting a pornographic film in uh he asked if there was like abusive scenes or if it was going to be um honestly just really gross and i was happy and surprised to say no it was actually like that didn't even kind of occur like Mm -hmm. it was completely positive um it you almost forgot that that's what they were doing like it didn't it was never portrayed as a bad thing or like a gross Mm -hmm. thing that's happening um yeah, and so uh, I think it's great that each character appreciates their youth and sexual desires, and it makes them a perfect antithesis to Pearl, who's an elderly woman who's denied her pleasures and uh, is currently reconciling with her lost time. So, this crew of beautiful X Factor humans are full of history and kindness and truly undeserving of the deaths that they encounter, um, yeah. which is not something you often get with horror. X really steers away from the typical morale tales that we see in slashers of the time period that it's supposed to take place in. Like in Friday the 13th, we're given a group of evil teenagers who are so self-centered, they allow a young boy to drown. And they do not care about it and continue to have sex and do drugs despite that. And mm-hmm. though Jason's mom is definitely the villain, uh, there's a bit of sympathy for her. Um, we're meant to leave knowing that their folly was being bad kids, having sex, and being careless. Um mm-hmm. uh, Whereas that's not what's happening in this film. So for each of these characters, they're also unique. So with Wayne, uh, though, he did leave his wife for Maxine. uh, He's a really level headed and professional person. um, And he didn't feel like a creep. (laughs) <laughs> like who's like preying on young girls at least in my opinion um he often serves as a voice of reason uh giving insight and support while keeping this level head um and one of my favorite quotes and like southern phrases that i heard in this film is by him where he says i'm gonna tell you this because you ain't been 42 but i've been 28 uh <laughs> i was like that is such a great way to be like i've been there done that <laughs> um and he doesn't want to work hard uh work hard labor to make a living and understands the severity of need that This film holds over them and is very, like, reasonable about it. Um, In the article, uh, Creepy Catalog, Catalog, uh, Stockton explains, One interesting aspect of X is that sexual elements usually reserved for female characters in horror are shared by both men and women. The character of Wayne is the focus of sexualized male nudity when he searches for RJ in the barn. RJ has a shower scene right after a conversation about Psycho, and Kid Cudi's character is slut-shamed by Howard right before he's murdered. Um, So it's like, even though the sex scenes happening are with the women, that's like the professional part. All the parts that this film is sexualizing characters are through the men okay. <laughs> like like the other like the women are just existing bobby lynn played by the ever charming britney snow is charismatic and fun she loves her youth and profiting off of perverted old men uh she's also incredibly caring uh in mm. a moment before her death she drapes her scarf over pearl's shoulder explaining that she takes care of the elderly and that um she understands sometimes they get lost and so she means to care for her um when pearl is Attempts to shame her for existing, uh, she snaps that it's not her fault that Pearl didn't live the life that she wanted. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's not her fault that she's hot and young now. That's nothing new with Pearl, and she's not going to feel bad about it. Uh, and she just never feels ashamed of her sexuality and desires. She loves her body, and she refuses to let anyone tell her otherwise. And she is the character who gets uh, death rolled by the skater. Uh, and it, it was it was also subtle because we don't see her death. Being overly glorified, either. It's mm-hmm. just happening under the water. Um, and I'd say most of the, de- like all the female deaths seem to kind of be that like we don't spend a lot of time on them the way that we do with all of the men. Um, Jackson played by Kid Cuddy is a strong, well-endowed veteran uh, and he is a free spirit who enjoys his life and never overpowers the women around him. Each scene with them in X and in the farmer's daughter is full of respect and care for the people around him. He volunteers to help Howard find his wife, even though he is a black man in the seventies on this old man, probably racist farm. Right. Uh Uh, But he looks past that. um, And it is uh, Howard, this old white man who feels emasculated to be assisted by a strong black man who um, has already put his life on the line for a country that doesn't care about him. Um, It's very clear that there's this like status too, (laughs) and Howard is falling below that. Right. Um, Jackson, even though like you can very easily be like, well, you're a sex star, so you're nothing. That's not really what comes up. It's like, I'm a veteran first and I care and uh, Mm -hmm. I'm a caring person. And so you care for him. Um, It's also nice that he is not the first character who dies Mm -hmm. uh, and not in an overly graphic way either. Um, He cares right up into the end. And like I mentioned before, Howard does slut shame Jackson before killing him, which uh, also subverts another expectation of horror. It says Mm -hmm. like, you're going around in front of my wife looking hot. (laughs) Essentially. (laughs) Um, And it was like, well, yeah. Um, Lorraine's choice to participate in the film is supported by everyone but her boyfriend. She inquires about the actor's ability to separate sex from love and how they feel about it religiously, and they all reply that it is a job and that sex can exist outside of love and for enjoyment and that there aren't they aren't bad people for doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Lorraine decides to perform, RJ switches quickly from this is art to no girlfriend of mine, to which he is confronted by the rest of them for these backwards ideas. Wayne mm-hmm. explains that none of them are good girls, but in a way that suggests good isn't something to strive for and that they aren't any less deserving of respect for not being good by society's standards. Um, It's essentially like,
0: get over it. (laughs) It's her body and she wants to do this it's not your, it's none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't stop her and don't like you won't anyway. Like you can say no, but nothing's going to change.
1: Yeah. Like you're, you could express your opinion, but it does not matter. And we do not have to heed it mm-hmm. in any way. And that you can't honestly be mad at her for choosing things to do with her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also like, you can't have toted around that this is like an art experience and then clearly not believe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like showed yourself to be a liar. Um, Maxine, uh, you know, our final girl, um, the person that we're following the majority of the time, uh, though paralleled strongly with Pearl, is so much more than her. Uh, we learned she's escaped a constricting world of religion to live her truth. She has that X factor and is intent on making the most of her life. And when Farmer's daughter is eventually released, uh, tied to the horrifying massacre, it will undoubtedly top the charts securing her infamy. Um, and so I would. I'm very excited to see a sequel, which I did read somewhere that Ty is expecting to do that. Mm. In an article on Collider titled "Ty Ti West X Ending Explained: What Happens to Maxine," by Liam Goggin, uh, they explain this connection between Pearl and masks. Max saying, the dualism of Pearl and Maxine is exemplified by Goth's dual roles. She embodies both a faded older beauty and an unexpected final girl. During one of the film's more insightful moments, Pearl lies down in bed next to her, uh, next to a sleeping Maxine and strokes her body. Maxine wakes up to see the older face that literally f- reflects her and screams. The film grants both characters agency. As Pearl insults her, Maxine calls her out her hypocritical nature. Pearl may hate her because of how comfortable the young girl is with her body, but Maxine isn't trying to torment or insult the older woman. Throughout the film, she has felt empowered by the intimacy of the shoot and acted encouragingly of both Bobby Lynn and Lorraine. It's ironic that Pearl has objectified Maxine and despises her because of her confidence. Furthermore, (laughs) the villain of the film expands past a horny old couple into an incredibly horny and repressed culture of religion, too. The televangelists preach throughout the film for redemption. They warn of the evil youths corrupting their own and serve as a through line in the film for Maxine. Pearl and Howard clearly watch the sermon regularly, and though they desire sex themselves, they are quick to villainize the crew for living freely a life they aren't allowed due to age and societal expectations. In the review geek... uh, titled X 2022 Movie Review, Striking Religious Parallelisms, elevates this thrilling slasher writer. Allie Ham explains, they spread the message of eternal life given to those who are not worthy, of suppressing one's true desires in order to be deserving of such life. And these religious ideals inform and enrich every subject of the film, particularly the divide between generations, between the sexually liberated and sexually repressed, It is not for shark value, then, that X focuses on sex and pornography, as these central themes are set compellingly against West's concept of oppressive religious theology, the true villain of the slasher horror. Um, Also, just a note about the sex industry during the time this film takes place. So Wayne mentions Debbie Does Dallas in it, which was an incredibly popular porn film of the time about cheerleaders and starred actress Bambi Woods. Not much is known about Bambi Woods, and there are many theories as to what happened to her. Um, Mm. She went missing soon after the film premiered, and despite the mass appeal of the film, she didn't receive much pay. So some speculate that the mob was involved, and others think that she OD'd years later, and then Mm. others still just think she kind of went on with her life somewhere else um but it was just very interesting to me that like that's mentioned and that that's a more representative (laughs) understanding of what the porn industry was at that time. The little Uh I do know about this era of sex filmmaking is thanks to the film Lovelace starring Amanda Seyfried uh, about Linda Lovelace and the making of the film Deep Throat. The story uh, it shows is a toxic, abusive and tragic tale about a young woman manipulated, controlled and harmed by this industry. And it is a stark contrast to what the film portrays. Thankfully, Uh um, Having the film take place during this period of time was intentional. Um, As expressed in the horror films of the time, the sexual revolution was a controversial topic. There was an intense need for films in this industry and interest in exploring sexuality in a conflict against the current thoughts regarding morality. And in a Times article titled A Behind-the-Scenes Look at the Porn Industry in 1970 by Eliza Berman, they explain... As the business thrived, President Nixon became more determined to stifle it. Following the Supreme Court decision in Stanley v. Georgia, which established that people could view whatever they wished in the privacy of their homes, Nixon established the President's Commission on Obscenity and Pornography. Despite the commission's finding that there was no evidence to suggest that pornography was harmful, Nixon urged the formation of a citizen's campaign against obscenity. Um, (laughs) So ridiculous. And though many folks protested the rise of the porn industry, they couldn't take it down. The divide seemed generational with older folks preaching about morality, while youth found other things to worry about. In this article, they say... Mason City's young adults were more concerned about the environmental impact of the cement dust from nearby factories than fictional movies, which they said were having no impact on their own behavior. So, the film does a great job of mirroring this struggle and exploring a point of view we don't often see regarding sex work. That it is a legitimate trade, and there's nothing wrong with profiting off of the desires of others. In The Farmer's Daughter, the women have the power. And Bobby Lynn leads a toast in the middle where she says, here's the perverts who've been paying our bills for years and I find this one of
0: the more amazing parts of this film what's like wild um is yeah it's one I think the laws of the land are a clear reflection of how the older generation feels about these things Mm -hmm. where the younger generation is like we get it you're sad
1: yeah and they're so sad they're gonna kill us because we don't want to be sad (laughs) because they're not letting their traditions stifle us and hold us back from enjoying our lives and from caring about people and so they want to literally murder us because of that
0: yeah like just because you've never had good sex in your entire life does not mean you should make that every single other human being's problem yeah Um, the problem is they're in power that's yeah. that's the issue mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah as you're saying like the common misconception or like the way they try to like look at the sex work industry is that like people can't enjoy they can't join that on purpose why would they want to do that you know yeah, and it's, it's like gotta be that's like the problem yeah. like that is not to say that there are instances of that taking place but like there are people who join in like hell yeah yeah. I want to do this. This is great. This is a great way to make money. I'm going to profit off of all these perverts that have been paying my bills for years. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, there is a demand. I am the supply. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, as we can tell from life right now, um, I'm not going to talk about that immediately, but I will talk about it eventually. But uh, there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding sex work. We've talked about this before, I believe, in a representation series um, when we covered the Netflix film that I am blanking on right now, Cam, there there were like a decent amount of resources, I think, if I remember like two to three years ago correctly um, in that episode that you can definitely check out as well. But I did find something that was six ways you can support sex workers in your community from the anti-violence project. Um, And a lot of them relate to just educating yourself, uh, de- Constructing and unpacking the reason that there are these stigmas and like viewpoints against the sex work industry and recognizing like what your own feelings are and like instead of just letting those feelings exist question why they exist um, so that you can do better as being a human so six ways you can support sex workers in your community according to the anti violence project work, is recognize diversity. The sex industry is a diverse place. Like any other sector of work, there's a spectrum of experiences, perspectives, and identities, um, as well as many different sectors of work. So keep in mind that folks who are already marginalized in other aspects of their identities are disproportionately targeted for violence within the sex industry. So um, it's less that the industry is inherently evil and more that like people devalue sex workers so much that viol- they do violence to them. And that is the issue. Two, educate yourself uh, and others. Uh, when learning about sex work, seek out resources that center sex work voices, sex worker voices and experiences, or come from organizations that support sex work leadership and rights. Um, you'll know pretty quick uh, if like within like the first few seconds of looking on the website, it, at no point is just like doesn't say sex work is work. Like if it says sex work is work, you can usually associate that as being a good sign. Um, if it is instead like demonizing of it or like we must save them from themselves, that's a good indicator that you're on the wrong link. Um, disrupt jokes that poke fun at sex workers, um, and sex in general. Like, yes, people do make jokes about sex work. Um, and essentially, like they think it's just so funny. So, if you hear a joke like this, explain that dehumanizing sex workers and making fun of them or their profession is not okay um, because those kinds of jokes lead to the dehumanizing of the people who work in that industry and thus lead to more shame and violence surrounding the sex industry. Um, use your power. So, how recognize how your personal identities shape your understanding of sex work? As I said, you need to like unpack why you have these biases or if you have these biases and like, what is your relationship to the sex industry? Are you a friend or classmate, a sex worker, a porn enthusiast? Um, We encourage you to reflect on your identities and how you can creatively leverage your privileges to support sex workers in your community. Um, Remember that consent is an integral part of the sex industry. Consent is an integral part of sex work, and sex workers have been leaders in advocating for body autonomy and the right to set boundaries in their works spaces and beyond for decades. And the last one is support sex work leadership and community action. Attend events in your community that support sex work and sex worker rights. Um, And they list a group that you can follow, uh, Peers Victoria, which is on Facebook. Um, Another resource that is specifically geared towards uh, keeping sex workers safe um, is Sex Workers Outreach Project USA as a national grassroots social justice network dedicated to the fundamental human rights of sex workers and their communities, focusing on ending violence and stigma through education, community building, and advocacy. So they have a support line. It is 877-776-2004, and the support line acts as an essential resource that's operated by volunteers uh, who are trained in rape counseling and crisis intervention as, uh, to truly make longstanding standing sustainable change uh, and to expand the capacity of the community support line, there is a link to donate. I'm gonna like, as time happens, gonna continue to add to this, as I said in like all of our other episodes during the F the Patriarchy series, like if you know of resources, um, please share them with us, comment, link, email us at the ghoulsnextdoor.com, our ghoulsnextdoor at gmail.com. And yeah, like if you ever have the opportunity to stand up and say something, disrupt jokes, educate yourself, take those opportunities. And the last of what I'll say is it all kind of all ties together. We've covered a lot of things during the series um, that all kind of tie back to resources that overall help humans with uteruses and keep women safe and LGBTQI safe. Uh, and the goal is ultimately to make this planet that is on fire and awful, slightly less awful. <laughs> so uh, if You haven't heard, I'm a little shocked, but you probably have uh, heard about the awfulness that has taken place um, and continues to just kind of be like a fun snowball of just awful. Um, So I'm going to talk a little bit about the Roe v. Wade thing. uh, And Honestly, the, what I want to say, I can't really say on camera because I'm a radical human in my heart, and you can't say that on TV. Um, so ultimately, at the end of the day, there's just kind of like a deep well of sadness, anger, and other feelings that consistently sits in the pit of my chest. And... The more I learn, the deeper that pit grows uh, and the more I kind of just feel gross. Um, But there are a lot of positives to learning um, in that you see reality differently. You recognize things more and in many ways, sometimes feel better equipped to deal with hard situations when they come. Um, So as much as logically I was prepared for Friday, like I knew we knew it was going to happen, and I prepared mentally for it. We changed our entire episode structure to meet it, greeted, it, and lighted on fire. Um, everything I've learned and unlearned over my adult life was preparing for moments like that, and yet every time my heart isn't prepared. So, as we do here on the Ghouls, whether it's easier done through gritted teeth bald fists or tears our desire is to take that feeling that lives in the pit of our chest and redirect that energy towards actionable next steps ideally if enough of us do this we can create like if you watch dragon ball z a spirit bomb like goku and we all just send all those little actions into a giant ball that destroys the oppressive systems that are in place Um, that's my dream Um, But we watched this film and what, like, a lot of what this film did was, as Gabe said, like, subvert a lot of these tropes, but it also didn't demonize the sex workers in the film. And it made it very obvious, like, people have sex and they can enjoy it and that shouldn't be a reason to murder people. Um, (laughs) So what we learned, uh, or the film itself kind of, like, leaned into... Highlighting that theme, because that's something that we see in the country today, is that people, our government, thinks people who have sex deserve to die. Um, <laughs> that uh, sex-having humans are less than, and because they have sex, they deserve to be murdered. So, well, there, that's done quickly through actual like murder, police brutality and other things, or that's done slowly through oppressive and horrible laws. Um, That is the ultimate goal that the government (laughs) wants to have happen. Um, This film kind of showcases that in a really unique way um, and is very on the nose, but as we said, like without overtly saying it, um, what we see in the film is this like perpetuation of patriarchal hatred enacted by this, elderly white woman and her husband done in the name of religious virtue repressed sexuality and envy um which honestly is likely the motivation of the people in charge who are doing these things uh in fact it's something that the ghouls have been talking about for a few years now that sex the act of having it has been viewed as something that validates murder in american society whether the as i said like done quickly or slowly um if you have sex you're going to die if you like sex you deserve to die uh if you have sex for reasons other than spawning more humans, you deserve to die. Uh, if you don't like sex, well, you should still have it, but only if you're married and only to make more humans. Ultimately, uh, this film is calling that out because it's wrong. Because that's what media does. It attempts to make humans feel emotions and do something with them. Um, it It's calling out the fact that this like religious fascism that currently exists is not the right move. And it demonizes the people enacting the violence on behalf of that religious fascism instead of the people literally just existing, enjoying their lives, having sex, and not like being sorry for it. Um, So uh, as I said, this film kind of sparks some emotions within you in attempts to make you feel things and do things. Um, So what are some things that you can do? Uh, I mean, or the ghouls made a very elaborate list of resources on abortion access, sexual assault resources, domestic violence resources, intersectional feminism that um, I'm going to link in our blog. Uh, it's go, I keep adding to it like every day. So that it's going to continue to grow. Um, but if you know of any resources, as i said before, you can email us um, at the Another thing that you can do currently that I've seen lots of humans doing across the country is you can protest. Um, If you do that, though, there are some things you should know for when you go. What I keep saying, which is just not smart, uh, is that people just like post so many photos of people who are at the protests. Don't do that because if the government decides that they're going to come for you, you don't want your face on the Internet. So some things that you can do to protest safely, there's things you can wear... Um, and things you can bring that will increase your safety while you're there. So I found this graphic on Twitter. I'll see if I can link it appropriately. Um, But things you can wear are nondescript, solid colored, layered clothing, covering, or identifying tattoos. Um, I know that's tough. It's like 90 degrees today. Um, So you got to be smart with that as well. But um, something else you can wear is goggles or Because in the instance of tear gas, you want something protecting your eyes. Um, A mask is another thing so that it covers your face. Uh, Facial recognition is a thing that exists as a technology that is being used. Um, So just keep that in mind that you likely, both for the panini press, but also for your general safety, you should wear a mask. Um, Something I see often is recommending to write your emergency contacts on your body so that you have access to them, or if you are injured in a way where you cannot communicate those humans that should know whether or not you're okay, that you have that written down somewhere on your body, um, preferably in a marker like a Sharpie so that it doesn't just like wipe off with the sweat that you will feel because it is 90 degrees outside. Um, Heat-resistant gloves. uh, It does not give an explanation for why. My assumption is if fires or things like that break out that you are protected from uh, heat. Um, And they recommend if you have long hair to tie your hair up uh, so that it can't get caught on things, that if you're fleeing police brutality, that you cannot be grabbed by your hair. Um, It kind of gives you a little bit more safety when potential violent situations could break out. Um, Things that you could bring, obviously water, both for drinking and for tear gas. When you're sprayed with tear gas, water is a great thing to get into your eyes to get that out. Um, obviously snacks to make sure that you have everything you need while you're there. And especially in the instance where they shut down the subways, train stations, et cetera, if you're going to be there longer than you expect, um, you're going to want to have some access to sustenance. Um, Cash change and IDs, a washcloth, again, for keeping yourself clean, but also if you are sprayed with tear gas, you're going to need something to be able to wipe things out of your face. Um, Earplugs for if those sound machine things are used. Uh, That's something that did happen during the BLM protests in Philly. Uh, They used, I believe, like weaponized sound speakers. They're called sound cannons. Sound cannons, yeah. So you want to be able to protect your ears so that you are able to hear after the protest uh, and that you don't receive permanent damage to your body. Um, Obviously band-aids and first aid supplies Um, and protest signs, uh, things they say, don't bring, uh, a cell phone without first turning off your face slash touch ID and putting, making sure your phone is on airplane mode and that you've disabled your data. This is due to the fact that the government has changed the laws on tracking and also is just very on it with tracking. So if you have your phone location on, have your data on, they're able to find where you are. If they know who you are, if they know that you're an activist, they know you are a person who has been protesting and they want to find you if your phone location is on, they can find you that way. Also, it's a way to identify if you are at a scene of a crime. So if violence does break out, you want your phone to not tell everybody that that's where you were. Um, jewelry, just because you don't want it to get damaged, stolen, otherwise, or be lost in it. Also, it's something to identify you later um, as a identifier because it's something unique. Um, anything that you don't want to be arrested with. Um, and they also say contact lenses. I assume that's because of tear gas, um, just to protect your eyes from permanent injury. Um, you can also f- find out where protests are happening near you. Uh, Gabe shared with me through, uh, email. Um, it's map.wewon'tgoback.com and they list like a ton of resources, such as are like links to protests that are happening across the country so that you can figure out if there's either virtual or in-person events happening near you. Um, the next thing that obviously I always like kind of hate saying this cause you can, uh, but it's mostly just a means to like pause or like slow things down. So as we kind of talked about in our capitalism episode, the train is the awful that we currently are on. It's actively moving. You can slow the train down, but you can't fix the train. Like it is going to keep going. I'll make I'll make sense of this in a second, but essentially you can vote. That is a thing you can do. Is that the only thing you should do? No, it's, should that be your main focus? No. Um, because you have to recognize that our current government structure is designed to hurt us um, and is built on top of BIPOC and LGBTQAA bodies. So, attempting to destroy the train from within will only perpetuate violence against BIPOC and LGBTQAA bodies. Um, so, vote, but also si- simultaneously deprogram and unlearn your attachment to these systems and investigate other methods of achieving the desired outcome, which is like rights for humans and that we have. Less crimes against humanity taking place every day. Um, understand that the road to said outcome may be uncomfortable and inconvenient, and much more complicated than voting for people who can only slow down the train, maybe throw scraps to the people in the back, but will never dismantle it because they benefit from its existence. Um, so you can vote so that we don't. It, we don't have a Republican-led Senate that will make this all happen much faster. Yes but recognize that the system itself is the problem. Um, The next thing is like obvious stuff, support each other, communicate safely. Um, uh, In the resources I listed above for the abortion access resources, um, I mentioned that there's apps that you can have that like aren't Facebook Messenger where you can communicate with your friends in a safe way. Uh, We use Signal. Um, I believe there are other ones. Uh, So communicate safely. Read, learn, save money, and give money to causes under attack when you can. Um, There are also tons of places that you can donate to in the resource thing that I mentioned. Unplug when you need to. Breathe, cry, do whatever you need to be okay. They say, like, put the mask on first before you can help others. That's something that's very true. The outside world is, like, very traumatic right now. Um, And you're, like, constantly taking that in. So if you need two seconds to, like, reset yourself, take that. You need that to be here tomorrow. So um, do what you need to do to be okay, um, but do something, anything to help when you can. Um, Survive and fight if you can, protect those who cannot and acknowledge that your biases instilled in you by the suppressive system um, exist and how that may influence your worldviews and points of privilege. So both ways that you can use your privilege to protect others, but also ways that you can recognize that you may have certain biases that influence how you see the world and just because you think something goes a certain way doesn't mean it necessarily does so just making sure that you're always learning figuring this stuff out um, ultimately recognize that there's not one specific thing that will solve the awful taking place that unlike a horror movie we don't just kill the bad guy and then it's all better now <laughs> uh that like this is going to be a long road um But if enough of us continue to do what we can, something eventually has got to give. That's all we can really do at this point. Um, But if you don't understand why this is a big deal and think everything's fine, nothing's awful, everything's just going to work itself out, it won't, (laughs) especially if you continue to think that way. So millions of people are going to die and have been dying. And if that doesn't bother you, either start to unpack, deprogram, and remove that from yourself or as disrespectfully as I can say it, fuck all the way off. Um, and that's what I have to say about that. Yes, it's all very valid. Thank you for
1: sharing those resources. And as you've been doing this entire series, finding those resources and, you know, allowing people to to know what they can do. And I think a big thing is for people to know that there are things that need to be done. Um, And yeah, like you said, like we knew it was happening. We changed our F the Patriarchy series specifically because we knew Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned and it's still really heartbreaking. And um, it just, it it further reveals just how dark the world is and the potentials for evil um, that are there. Um, The, this, reconciling with how um, many people are going to die because of this and not even just because of uh, abortion but just for for medical care period um mm-hmm. for just this complete disrespect for fem bodies um the uterus having humans as you said cat like they're in in yeah i also had like a whole discussion about how voting is not the answer and and that i will not be putting my faith into a system that has never been designed for people like me. Um, and it's in fact has been designed specifically to oppress and harm people like me. And so, yeah, uh, like I'm gonna vote, I'm going to do my civic duty, but there's so much more to that than yeah. just doing that. And like a part of that is acknowledging it and not relying on that as the only way out. <laughs> Cause it's, yeah. uh, that's, that's not it. Uh, I promise that's not it. That's not how that's going to work. Um, so, yeah, but, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a quite the, the series and I hope you are enjoying it. If you, um, have thoughts, you know, we love to hear from you, um, love support in that way. And, you know, we're going to keep on doing what we do, um, do check out this film if you can. I really found yeah. it to be uh, quite interesting and fun. Again, horror in a way that's super digestible um, and unique, but also like just so awesome the way that they have these characters and what we can learn from them. Um, and a great representation of our society right now that is generationally split for expectations yeah. of what makes a human a human and what deserves humanity and doesn't yeah yeah um yeah so definitely should, you know remember to subscribe like do all those things support us and ways you can send us an email thecoolsnextdoor gmail.com uh check out our social media all those things um we definitely want to hear from you how things are going if you're attending protests those things um ways that you know we can add to our resources and keep things going um recommendations yeah. for things we could be watching or
0: learning or reading or doing, uh, always here for it. And I mean, yeah, we only have 700 followers on Twitter. We're by no means like famous, famous, but we're going to try to use our platform as positively as possible. Um, Yeah. At least
1: 700 people are going to see it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you have resources that you want out there, please let us know. Um, I'm going to keep adding to it uh, just from stuff I find on myself, but we want to do that more. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, it's always really sad to say this during this series,
0: Uh, but don't get married. Let your kids literally put them into the industrial complex of servitude
1: after they force you to have them Yeah, when you know the world is just dark and awful.